Law 39. Stir up the waters to catch fish. Anger and emotion are strategically counterproductive. You must always stay calm and objective. But if you can make your enemies angry while staying calm yourself, you gain a decided advantage. Put your enemies off balance. Find the chink in their vanity through which you can rattle them and you hold the strings. The essence of this law is this idea of water being a symbolic for emotion. So when the waters are still, your opponents, your competitors, other people have time and space to plot actions that they will initiate and control. So to stir the waters forces the fish to the surface and gets them to act before they are ready. So you steal the initiative. And the best way to do this is to play on uncontrollable emotions. Pride, vanity, love, hate, resentment. And so once the water is stirred, once the emotion is stirred, the little fish cannot help but rise to the bait. The bait you've set. The angrier they become, the less control they have, and finally, they are caught in this whirlpool of emotion that you have made, and they drown in their own mistake. Transgression of the Law A perfect story exemplifying this law began in January 1989 between Napoleon and Talleyrand. So Napoleon had heard words from his spies that there was a rumor that his foreign minister Talleyrand had conspired against him with Fouché, who was the minister of police. He summoned them all to the palace, he followed them into the meeting, and when he began, he, you know, he began pacing up and down, and he started rambling vaguely about plotters working against him. So as time passed, he got a little more heated and heated, and you know, he just kept climbing that emotion ladder. As Napoleon talked, Talleyrand leaned on the mantelpiece, looking completely indifferent. Napoleon turned to Talleyrand and said, For these ministers, treason has begun when they permit themselves to doubt. Now at the word treason, so he was obviously implying Napoleon uh, committed some type of treason. Now, at such an accusation, you would expect Talleyrand, the minister, to be afraid. But he only smiled, calm and bored. And this sight of a subordinate, apparently serene in the face of charges that could potentially get him hanged, pushed Napoleon over the edge. Napoleon said there were ministers that wanted him dead. And then he took a step closer to Talleyrand, who stared back at him unfazed, obviously accusing him of wanting him dead. Talleyrand didn't bat an eye. And then Napoleon exploded. He said, you are a coward. He screamed in Talleyrand's face, a man of no faith. Nothing is sacred to you. You would sell your own father. I have showered you with riches, and yet there is nothing you would do not to hurt me. All the ministers looked at each other in disbelief. They'd never seen Napoleon, their general, their conqueror of Europe so unhinged and out of control. Yelling almost out of breath, his face red, his eyes bulging, he went on. After a few more insults, Napoleon walked away. Talleyrand slowly crossed the room. He turned to his fellow ministers. They were all afraid that they would never see him again. He thought that that was it, this is it. Napoleon's uh, gonna kill him. But all Talleyrand said was, what a pity, gentlemen, that so great a man should have such bad manners. Now, despite Napoleon's anger, he did not arrest the foreign minister. He merely relieved him of his duties, banished him from the court, believing that the humiliation would be punishment enough. Now, what Napoleon did not realize, that word had quickly spread of his tirade and how the emperor had completely lost control of himself and how Talleyrand had essentially humiliated him by maintaining his composure and dignity. That's a very key point here. He maintained his composure and dignity in the face of fire. For the first time, people had seen a great emperor lose his cool under fire. A page had been turned. A feeling among the people began to spread that Napoleon was on his way down. Talleyrand later said, this is the beginning of the end. 
interpretation. And this actually was the beginning to the end. Napoleon was on a slow descent to defeat. Here's the most interesting part of the story that a year before this event with Napoleon Talleyrand where he accused him of all these things, the year before Talleyrand had actually actually conspired with Fouché, but this conspiracy was never anything more than a ploy, like a device to push Napoleon over the edge. And it's hard to believe that two of the most practical men in history would only go halfway in their plotting. They had only been stirring the waters trying to goad Napoleon into a misstep, and indeed they did. That's when they got the tantrum, that's when he lost his control, and people began to start questioning and doubting him. Now, this is the problem with an angry response. At first, it may strike fear and terror, but only in some. And as the days pass and the storm clears, other responses emerge. Embarrassment and uneasiness about the shadow's capacity for going out of control and resentment for what has been said. Losing your temper, you always make unfair and exaggerated accusations. A few such tirades and people are counting the days until you are gone. To show your frustration is to show that you have lost your power to shape events. It is a helpless action of a child who resorts to hysterical fit to get his way. The powerful never reveal this kind of weakness. Remember, tantrums neither intimidate nor inspire loyalty. They only create doubts and uneasiness about your power. Exposing your weakness, these stormy eruptions often herald a fall, as they did with Napoleon. Keys to power. So we see this law is about emotion, it's about manipulating emotion, it's about controlling emotion, being on both sides to it. Angry people usually end up looking ridiculous for their response seems out of proportion to what occasioned it. Remember a time when you had someone lose their mind, just lose their shit over something you may have said or done, and you thought it was unreasonable. Maybe a parent, maybe a friend, a spouse, a stranger. They took things completely out of proportion, losing their control. And you and the people around you are left feeling like, yeah, that was completely unreasonable. Why, why, why did he lose his mind? Why did she, why did she get so upset? That's just, that's not a rational action. That wasn't a reasonable action. People often think it's important to have these certain outbursts to signify their power. The truth is the opposite. Petulance is not power. It is a sign of helplessness. People may temporarily be cowed by your tantrums, but in the end of the day, they lose respect for you. They also realize they can easily undermine a person with so little self-control. The answer, however, is not to repress your angry or emotional responses, for oppression drains us of energy and pushes us into strange behavior. Instead, we have to change our perspective. We have to realize that nothing in the social realm and in the game of power is personal. You gotta realize everyone is caught up in a chain of events that long predates the present moment. What does this mean? It means that our anger, our emotion often stems from problems in our childhood, from problems of our parents, which stem from their childhood, on and on and on. Our anger, frustration, even the happy emotions can often have roots in many interactions with others. The accumulated disappointments and heartaches that we have suffered in the root of an external stimuli. So that's why you shouldn't take it personally, because often more than not, it's not personal. Often people's reactions to your actions are blown out of proportion because of previous experiences. Now personally, I don't remember a time, it's been so many years since I have really lost control of my emotion. Maybe once or twice in the last three or so years, I, like maybe a handful of times, 
and I'm including sport like playing basketball competitively at a high level you can often lose control of your emotion if i'm discounting that and i'm just including you know human interactions and it's very very few and i attribute that to a couple of things that I'm, i won't get into but being in control of my responses being more methodical has resulted in a much more relaxed tactical psyche I feel like my psyche is much more healthier because of it. I look around me, I see my peers, some other people in my life who often lose their control, lose their emotion. And I look at that as poison. It's poison to see that and I see what not to do. I know keeping control of my emotion, doing what Talleyrand done, does and you know, feigning indifference, feigning emotion, being more stoic has resulted in much more prosperity, prosperity of my mind, just a healthy mind to be happier, generally in a better mood. I'm more productive if I'm not constantly uh, reacting to the chaotic stimulus of the world around me. If my mind is like water, if my mind is like an ocean and the ocean stays calm and steady without too many heavy waves, then I know my life will be leaps and bounds better. I'll be effectively more, I'll be communicating way more effectively and I'll just be a better, I'll be a better person to be around and I'll, be, I'll enjoy my life a lot more. So when a person explodes with anger at you and it seems out of proportion to what you did to them, only if it seems out of proportion, because a lot of the times it can be justified, but if it's not, you must remind yourself that it is not exclusively directed at you. Don't be so vain. <laughs> The, the cause is much larger, goes way back in time, involves dozens of prior hurts, and is actually oftentimes not even worth bothering to understand. Unless, of course, this person is very, very important to you and you care for them. But if not, don't bother. Instead of seeing this reaction as a personal grudge, look at this emotional outburst as a disguised power move, an attempt to control or punish you, cloaked in the form of hurt feelings and anger. It's just kind of a perspective to look at it. And this shift in perspective will let you play the game of power with more clarity and energy. Instead of overreacting and becoming ensnared in people's emotions, you will turn their loss of control to your advantage. You keep your head while they are losing theirs. Once you have trained yourself not to take matters personally and to control your emotional responses, you will have placed yourself in a position of tremendous power. In the face of a hot-headed enemy, an excellent response is no response. It's the Talleyrand tactic. Nothing is as infuriating as a man who keeps his cool while others are losing theirs. Image. The pond of fish. The waters are clear and calm, and the fish are well below the surface. Stir the waters and they emerge. Stir it some more and they get angry, rising to the surface, biting whatever comes near, including a freshly baited hook. Reversal. When playing with people's emotions, you have to be careful. Study the enemy beforehand. Study the individual, the person, the opponent beforehand. Some fish, some people, are best left at the bottom of the pond, are best left left alone. You can bait the powerful and get them to commit and divide their forces, but test the waters first. Find the gap in their strength. If there is no gap, if they are impossibly strong, you have nothing to gain and everything to lose by provoking them. Choose carefully with whom you bait, and never stir up the sharks. When someone thinks of the sharks, the people you don't want to stir up, the people who are impossibly strong, people who you don't want to provoke, who do you think of? Be like them. I want to be the shark. I want you to think of me as that shark. 
That's how I want to see myself. That's how I want to be. Law 39. Stir up the waters to catch fish. <laughs>